power on. Now entering the gaming grid. The latest gaming news, reviews, and retro culture, as only the man of tomorrow can deliver. And here is your host, Brian Sovereign. Woo, the man of tomorrow is here, and I imagine this episode comes as no surprise. The only surprise to me is that I would release this before other episodes that I just recently recorded, but they're all kind of playing in the same theme. That is, throughout the month of September, um, really Apple kind of leading the charge, then Microsoft picking up, even Amazon uh, announcing uh, some new devices, and then... Well, for me and what you're about to listen to, uh, Nintendo had a surprise direct on Thursday, the 23rd of September, 2021. Um, not too much of a surprise. Part of the reason being that there, the reason this wasn't a surprise, but this is a 40 minute long, frankly, epic, uh, in my opinion. And I, I, I did catch this whole thing. In fact, it was while Ellen and I were working out. <laughs> so so I caught the views. But, I mean, that's how excited I get, I you know, when it comes to Nintendo announcing something new. I mean, may, maybe if it was just games, I wouldn't have been so hot about making sure, you know, that, or wouldn't have been so excited, like, oh, holy shit, I got to see what's happening right now. But part of what made us think there would be, or made, you know, Nintendo uh, fans, which I certainly count myself in that number, uh, ever since I was like six, <laughs> but anyway, it never stopped. Um, but we had heard earlier in the week that there was a new, uh, uh, uh patent for by Nintendo for a new controller. Now let's be clear here. Fuck leaks. Okay. I don't give a shit about leaks and usually they're bullshit anyway. Um, or even if they're real, really, they, they fall under Nintendo's, you know, timeline, their own timelines and purview. And whenever they think something, uh, makes sense, I'll talk about some of the things that I was actually really expecting to come from this, uh, that, that did not. And I'm a little disappointed in it, but really these Nintendo directs are becoming the destroyers of wallets. Kind of like what they used to call steam sales. Now everything's on sale seemingly every fucking day. So I don't know why anybody gives a shit about steam sales anymore, but Nintendo directs on the other hand are, are ready to take your money. Because they do uh, uh, make it a point lately, and I think this is a brilliant move on their part, to have things announced like surprise drops um, that you can buy on that day. Because me, as much as anyone else, is fucking tired of the pre-order game uh, a scheme, I should say. Uh, or not, not that there's like really a pre-order scheme when it comes to, say, digital content, but... Um, you know, I'm tired of pre-orders. I'm tired of hearing, oh, coming in 2022 or coming in 2030 or whatever the fuck, you know, some some stupid tech company says uh, now. But anyway, fuck the leaks. But, you know, this this uh, uh, patent that was found 
or patent filing that was discovered, that's not a leak. Like that's something that that has been done by Nintendo, right? That's that's not. I mean, you could call it a leak, but that's not like a you know leak. Like holy shit, um, this is coming out tomorrow and it never does or whatever. Um, so this controller leak was really interesting. What added to that was a leak that you could kind of call bullshit, and the leak was that there would be. Um, uh, that Game Boy games were going to come to Switch Online. Now, there's the chance that there is some uh, 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 veracity to that leak, and we'll we'll explain why as we get as we talk more about the about the the Nintendo Direct that was had uh, on Thursday. But it really comes down to that there were additions to Switch Online, and. There, but there were also separately, there were also Game Boy games or Game Boy Advance games released. But we'll talk about that a little bit later. So, you know, for somebody to have gotten kind of the mixed signals and turned it into, well, Game Boy uh, games are going to be available on Switch Online, you know, by the end of September or something like that. Uh, I could almost see where maybe they did get some legitimate information, but it just got conflated. Regardless. Um, I think a lot of people were thinking at the time because of the previous leak that seemed to have, you know, a little more behind it than usual, which again, like I said, it makes sense why that, why that was thought about the Game Boy uh, Switch Online, you know, affair. Uh, I think a lot of people were wondering, well, wait, is this going to be like a Game Boy controller somehow? Like, what the fuck would that even look like? Because a Game Boy controller is, you know, <laughs> like, is it just going to look like a little Game Boy Advance that you hold like a controller? I don't think that's a bad idea, but was, you know, was that going to be the case? What was it going to be? Uh, so there's a lot of speculation around that. And then other people, you know, being hopeful that, oh, was there going to be an N64 controller? And are we going to get N64 on Switch Online and all this? Well, we'll talk about that. Um, but the reveal of what the patent was filing for was going to be on Friday, you know, uh, of, of this week, actually. So on Friday, the 24th, 2021 was when the cat would have gotten out of the bag because it would have been public information. So most people were expecting, oh, Nintendo's going to do a direct before that patent goes live. And they were right. Like this is a case where, okay, the prediction was on and we ended up on Wednesday, uh, whatever the 22nd, getting a surprise announcement that holy shit at 6 PM, you know, on the 24th or on the 23rd, we're, we're going to get a Nintendo direct, uh, dynamite. And actually, I mean, it landed on, and I'm sure there was some timing on this. It landed on Nintendo's 132nd birthday. You know, that being the company has been around that long and yes, it has, you know, used to make Hanafuda cards. And I mean, it still does actually, but anyway, there was actually, there was some other analysis done around even like when we knew the direct was coming and done beforehand that ended up uh, also coming true. In fact, one that I think some people thought was just never going to happen. Um, of course, we're talking about Bayonetta three, but we'll, we'll get into that uh, as well. So to be clear, um, I thought the, I mean, I'll open right up saying I thought the direct was phenomenal. Uh, I mean, Nintendo can really like command uh, the internet and the news cycle amazingly, like, you know, in less than 24 hours, they can just get everybody hyped and excited, you know, uh, before they even drop the news. It's, it's really something I, I was <laughs> incredibly pleased <laughs> that there are no switch pro rumors this time around. Of course, that's because the, uh, OLED switch, um, 
you know, is, is, you know, going to be is hitting store shelves. Um, so not, not a surprise there. And, you know, just as a quick aside, um, I've gotten a lot of emails asking me, Stallion, what do you think about the Steam Deck? And I do have a, an episode recorded about that that we'll, we'll, I will release uh, maybe shortly after this one. But again, it, you know, anyway, aside from that, um, this really was a, uh, a great uh, Nintendo Direct. One of the best, I think, in recent memory. Not that any of them have been bad, uh, in my opinion. Uh, but this was phenomenal. Uh, I was kind of surprised to not really get much else on Breath of the Wild 2, which I, I think is a, is a little weird. But, I mean, this was already a loaded and heavy, uh, content-heavy, you know, like new game-heavy, announcement-heavy, because it was about more than games, um, uh, direct, that I guess it's not too much of a surprise. My only concern here, and as we go over what, what was discussed, and, you know, I'll give you my, my, my thoughts on it, um, my only concern here <laughs> is that this is a direct where, you know, again, some of the rumors slash leaks were actually accurate. Some of like the analysis was actually there. The predictive analysis was actually accurate and it was analysis done in the minutia, you know, as in it was analyzing minutia, say on the, you know, switch uh, on the, you know, the eShop um, or whatever. And part of what worries me is that now I feel like you're going to get a lot of Nintendo or video game media outlets, you know, saying, oh, we, well, we were right. You know, like, like they're, they're, they're just, now they're going to feel bolstered and they're going to feel bold in, in predicting. And, you know, people will maybe say this time around, oh, well, well, fuck, maybe that's right. As to where we were just getting to the point, kind of like I was mentioning with the switch pro, we're just getting to the point where people are tired of the fucking leaks and the rumors. And now some of the leaks and rumors ended up being true. And so I, I worry that the hype cycle will continue. I mean, ultimately for me, so here's the thing, like. I read Nintendo news, you know, from, from a couple different sites, at least uh, like Nintendo life or Nintendo, everything on by the day. In fact, it's the only news that, that I really care to look into on a daily basis. Right. And, and the reason being, because it's usually good news, you know, <laughs> like who the fuck wants to read, you know, all, all the, all the, all the, I mean, yes, it's good to be informed about the bad things happening around you and there's plenty of it. Okay. But we already know, or at least I know that we live in a dystopian future, which I've been saying for years. Uh, so, you know, when you can look at, I don't know, perhaps the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow a little bit, you know, when you can kind of see that every once in a while, or you can even just see the rainbow and the rainstorm, whatever, you know, like it, it, it's a fine and dandy thing to want to, you know, fill your head with good news instead of all bad, because outside of a lot of, the, you know, many things, or, but but certainly it seems outside of that, like things are just fucking horrible. Like when you hear my review episodes for other recent events, I mean, it, it's sure as fuck isn't sunshine and rainbows, but <laughs> especially when you talk about Apple, but um. But I'm all over the place here. So, you know, speaking of Apple, though, like this is the thing, too, with Nintendo is that Nintendo is a company that genuinely innovates. Right. And so when you're somebody who has lived a life with a, a, a high degree of tech lust, as it were, you know, like as an I am somebody that loved 
loves technology. You know, technology is completely pervasive now, but when I was growing up, not everybody was into quote unquote tech, right? And certainly not everybody was into computers and everything. So, but you know, so what in the eighties or nineties, when you're growing up, if you're really into computers, that was still an odd thing as to where now who can, you know, it's seemingly, and I say seemingly, but seemingly who can survive without one of these damn things, you know, or at least a smartphone. But my point in, in bringing that up about me is that I want to, I want to be excited about new technology, but it's very hard to be when most of it is against me and Nintendo or against the individual in general. But Nintendo is one of those companies, you know, that just, yeah, they, <laughs> they still do exciting things. And really, and to, to some degree, I, I think this direct also proved this. And I, I want to bring this up. Um, Look, I'm not going to spend a ton of time. There was there were a lot. We already knew about this. Uh, there were a lot of announcements around the Mario movie, and I think it's coming out December 22 or 2022. Um, that's great. I'm excited for it. Like, I, I'm down with the Mario movie. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and, and it's got to be better. No, it doesn't have to be. But <laughs> you would think it'd be better than what came out before. We all know that story. Um but I, I want to give some perspective here. So I think the two companies, you know, outside of Amazon, Amazon is, a, is completely in a league of its own, like totally, you know, it's become, it, it, it it's just shy of being that monopsony. Okay. Uh, like it's, it's just shy of that, which I've been talking about for years, the Amazon world domination tour. Um, Amazon is in a league of its own. So I'm not counting that now, as far as companies that are actually competing with each other. Okay. Nobody's competing with Amazon. Amazon's just dominating. And I'm not saying that's a good thing. Quite the opposite. But I feel like that, you know, Nintendo's competition isn't Microsoft, you know, Xbox, isn't Sony. Apple's competition ultimately isn't Microsoft, isn't Google. Not really. I think the only two companies that are really competing okay, are Apple and Nintendo. And, and I'm, I'm saying those two companies, like they're the competition between each other. And I think they both know it, that that's what's going on. Uh, I mean, Apple is, you know, diving deep into the entertainment game. Nintendo's going the same way. Uh, Nintendo's actually still an innovating. Apple is playing it incredibly safe, uh, which, you know, I wish they wouldn't, but that's what happens when you have a CEO who is, doesn't understand tech or doesn't have that tech lust, right? Like Tim Cook. Um, but that's the real competition going on here. And it's been that way for a while because they've been the companies that have really innovated. I mean, Microsoft is playing it so fucking safe. Google is just becoming more creepy by the day and people are realizing it. Uh, so, you know, ultimately it comes down to those two. So in my opinion, like anybody that's into tech, if they're not covering Nintendo, they're actually not doing their due diligence because they are such a, a mover and shaker in the tech space. And again, they're really the only competition, uh, you know, for Apple, um, moving right along. There's our big preface. Let, let's get into the actual announcements. So it did open up the Nintendo direct again, it went 40 minutes, uh, which is amazing for one company, you know, to like dominate that amount of time. Because when you, when you think, I mean, yes, they weren't all first party Nintendo games, but just consider like 
you know, uh, if if micro if quote unquote micro Microsoft slash Xbox, you know, held an event like this, uh, of course they could, you know, considering all the game companies they've bought, you know, they can easily do forty minutes, I guess, on their own. Um, but like Sony, Sony isn't really putting out, in my opinion, it's not a lot about their first party games. It's more about like all the other game developers that you know that come on in. Now there are plenty of other game developers in this as in this as well. Uh, I think what I'm getting at is that Nintendo is the company that doesn't need E3, doesn't need the Tokyo Game Show, doesn't need any any event in the entertainment or in the video game industry. They can just take it all on their own. Okay, much like Apple can do with a with a WWDC, right, or whatever phone event they have. But regardless, again, really, let's get to the announcement. So if you haven't already read them all already, uh, but the first big one that they announced was that there was going to be a major uh, uh, massive, I think was the exact word, massive expansion to Monster Hunter Rise, which came out earlier in 2021. Um, And this is coming out in summer of 2022. There are plenty of announcements that were for things releasing in 2022, which yeah, that kind of annoys me, but 2022 is admittedly like upon us very soon. Um, more what annoyed me is that a lot of the announcements were, okay, coming in October. Like they, they felt like they had to do this. Maybe it was because of the patent or whatever, but they just had to do this, uh, um, this direct right now. I think they would have been much better served to do this direct another, you know, in October, perhaps when more of these things that they talked about were going to go live. But again, regardless, I'm happy that they did it. So Monster Hunter Rise, um, you know, like I kind of I can appreciate the Monster Hunter series. It's not something that I spend a ton of time with. Uh, Speaking actually. So the Monster Hunter movie that came out last year uh, or or this year that came out in 2021, whenever it came, depending upon what part of the world you're in. Uh, Boy, I I've I had promised a review for that. I need to do that because I actually well, I'll say it here. I love that movie. I, I enjoyed the hell out of that. Uh, no, it's not Citizen Kane, but I, but I enjoyed that fucking film a lot. Um, anyway, we'll get to that. So Monster Hunter Rise. Okay. Yeah. It's one of the biggest games on the switch. It makes total sense why it would end up getting a massive expansion, uh, coming into 2022. They then moved on to one of the other major games, uh, for the switch. Uh, probably the one that's, that's really been dominating, uh, I'd say 20 since 2020, uh, would be, uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons. Uh, I like the Animal Crossing series a lot. I have not gotten into New Horizons. Um, I know that that would sap what little time I have left already. Uh, (laughs) It would sap that away completely. Uh, So, you know, I haven't dived deep dived into that. Um, There's times where I still play it on my 3DS. Um, Was that New Leaf or whatever uh, for for the 3DS? Um, But, you know, I totally recognize that this game is just a phenomenon. Uh, right now, as much as the switch itself is a phenomenon, I mean, you know, New Horizons is, is, is you know, taking that to a whole other level. Uh, so new content for that uh, coming out in November of this year of 2021. Um, the next announcement, this also kind of got leaked, like some eShop page in Taiwan or something had it show up. I, I forget how exactly it happened, uh, but it, it was a Kirby game. And just earlier in the day, on that Thursday, uh, it, it was announced, or it was leaked. 
And then later in the day at the, you know, at the direct, they, they officially announced it. Uh, so it's Kirby and the forgotten land is what it's going to be called, uh, in the West. And I, <laughs> as crazy as it looked and as crazy as it sounds like, wait, so there's an open world post-apocalyptic. Yeah, I said post-apocalyptic. There's an open world post-apocalyptic Kirby game. I think a lot of people probably scratch their heads at that. I can't wait. Like speaking of, you know, Nintendo fan, actually, if you saw on Telegram, I shared a, a picture um, of the, uh, you know, of, of my entertainment room. And, and I mean, one of the things you can see in Nintendo minus the consoles, one of the things you can see is, is a plush Kirby uh, on the, on the upper right hand side. Uh, love Kirby. Yeah. As far as like any like kind of model or anything, it's, it's the only like Nintendo one I have. Um, well, that and I have an ocarina, but anyway, regardless, so there's Kirby for you, but I, yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely stoked for this. <laughs> I know it sounds weird, but like an open world Kirby game. Hell yeah. Uh, in fact, I, I know this will sound like blasphemy. I think a lot of people were kind of hoping for like a Mario Odyssey two, perhaps. Um, no, no, no. I'll take, I'll take a Kirby open world. If you're going to go with a big open world game, let, let's do another character besides Mario. Cause Mario Odyssey is still totally playable right now anyway, even though it's been out for years. Um, so yeah, very excited uh, for this one. Every, everything looked right. And again, an open world Kirby is a great thing because admittedly like Kirby 64, which was supposed to be more of a, th- more of a 3d as in a game with depth uh, uh, Kirby adventure always left me with a bit of a bad taste in my mouth. Like it's like something about it just didn't feel right. Even though I know reviews for that game are pretty high. It, it just never really worked for me. Um, I want to see Kirby at its best in 3d, you know, and, and I know there've been other attempts, but Kirby in general has been best as a platformer, you know, whatever that shape that ends up taping, uh, taking, whether it's Epic yarn or, you know, take your pick. Um, but I want to see him done really, really well. And I, and I think an open world for a character like Kirby, where you can infinitely, you know, uh, transform and morph, you know, into, into other characters and collect powers and everything, uh, is just, in my opinion, a recipe for success and a no brainer. I don't know why I never thought of a open world Kirby game, um, but I'm glad somebody did. And I like that. It's going to be post-apocalyptic that that's, I mean, with Kirby's cuteness and then post-apocalyptic, that's, I feel like this is going to be like a, like a, um, like an ice cream brownie Sunday kind of thing, you know, or brownie Sunday kind of thing where, where, you know, you have the, the, the cold vanilla ice cream on top and then the warm brownie on the bottom. And it just makes for this like perfect, you know, flavor. And yeah, I, I, I see this in, in that vein. Now, after that was Chocobo GP, uh, which is a racing game. And I mean, it's essentially Final Fantasy Mario Kart, right? <laughs> Which not not that Chocobo Racing is like a new thing. Uh, of course, that was a like well remembered um, and enjoyable mini game in Final Fantasy VII back in you know the the PS one days, and also it ended up becoming its own game, right? Chocobo Racing for the PS one. I mean. Like, I, I like the Final Fantasy series fine. I don't know how much this excites me. I think it's weird that at least my understanding is that it's it's a Switch exclusive at the moment. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. And and once again, just like with, with Chocobo Racing for the PS1, um, you know, you're not actually, like, racing the Chocobo like a horse. 
Uh, it's more you're the like it's not a rider on the chocobo. It's a chocobo like on rollerblades. But that also allows for other characters from the Final Fantasy series to show up. So, you know, whatever. Fine. Again, it doesn't really excite me. Um, you know, speaking of Mario Kart, I know there are a lot of people that were predicting uh, that we'd see Mario Kart 9. I. Here, here's the rub. So, like, in one sense, I get why Nintendo hasn't done a Mario Kart 9. It is weird that like we ha- we essentially have because this was talked about more in this game as well. We have like two Mario Party games for you know for Switch. I mean it's like and granted one of them's sort of a greatest hits kind of like what we ended up with on the, on the 3DS. Um you know usually you have like Smash Brothers, you have uh like whatever Mario sports game it happens to be like Mario Kart or whatever. Usually you only get one in a generation, okay? you know, in a console generation here, here's the part that, 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 that baffles me. So Mario Kart eight deluxe, which again was originally a Wii U game. Okay. It wasn't even a launch title for the switch. If I remember correctly, Mario Kart eight deluxe is still like one of the best selling games. It's it's, it seems to be in the top 10 all the time, unless there's some kind of like a, like a, 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 a deluge of major releases that comes out on a certain month, month to month, Mario Kart eight deluxe is it's just, it's always there. It seems like whenever anybody buys a switch, which they keep buying them in droves, um, they end up buying Mario Kart eight right away, which makes sense. It's an incredible game. The part that baffles me is you have this game that clearly sells gangbusters to this day, gets played gang. And they've got to have the metadata for that, you know, like gets played like crazy to this day. And you don't, you won't release any new content for it. Uh, I mean, you used to, but like uh, that, that, that baffles me that, that they don't because I mean, the reason that it's kind of baffling is, you know, like I said, I follow Nintendo news, dare I say religiously. And it seems like every fucking week there's some new Mario Kart tour news. That's that bullshit game that exists on mobile i mean it, game is putting it lightly uh <laughs> or stretching the term I, I would say like they keep putting out new crap for that and that's been out for years now like is it is it really that hard to come out with new dlc for mario kart 8 and if not for fuck's sake will you finally release mario kart 9 like again mario kart 8 deluxe was not you know it probably was never meant to be like a switch title okay we should have Mario Kart 9. I'm fine with Mario Kart Mario Kart 8 Deluxe existing. Okay? But we should have Mario Kart 9. And th- that to me that was just baffling that that wasn't there, but it really it still pisses me off because they spend so much time with Mario Kart Tour. And I know that that's like a separate mobile company that develops that. But they get so much content. It's like yeah, it, it's not like people have forgotten. I mean, I get it why why, you know, uh game devs will stop putting out new content or DLCs or whatever for games that nobody's playing anymore or nobody's buying anymore. But neither of those statements are true for Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. They're just not true. Anyway, moving right along. Um, so the next part, I think, was was kind of the big deal. I mean, there are other things that, you know, and there's games I'm going to like just gloss over, 
right? Like Disco Elysium, the final cut is coming out for Switch in October. Great. You know, I know that's a big deal of a game. Uh, Splatoon 3 is coming down the line. I know there's people who are really into that. There was Triangle Strategy from Square also, um, which is that game they showed at a previous Direct that had like an untitled name. Now they're calling it Triangle Strategy instead of Project Triangle or whatever the hell they were calling it before. Um, that, I mean, it looks, you know, like Final Fantasy Tactics. So great. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. They did also say, and believe me, I'm happy for this after talking about like, you know, the like the games that come out once a generation. Finally, we'll get the last DLC or at least last fighter for uh, for Smash Brothers in the beginning of October. Everybody's wondering what the hell that is. Uh, I couldn't care less. <laughs> OK, I'm, I'm playing Kirby Fighters Deluxe or Kirby Fighters 2, but whatever like the smash look i i love smash brothers especially i mean from the n64 up like i was on point you know and and even on my 3ds i still play smash brothers there there is a a just strange cult and i can't wait for the news cycle to stop around this cult that exists with smash brothers for the switch and like it it's annoying you know, and, and it's one of those things like there's a lot of things that ruin the Internet. They're one of them, uh, you know, basically like the Smash Brothers cult, K-pop. And I could think of a few other things that that really ruin the Internet. I mean, like part of what doesn't excite me about Smash Brothers anymore. So Smash, like say, say for the GameCube, Smash Brothers Melee, maybe the best Smash Brothers game ever. OK, one of the best fighting games ever, easily in the top 10, regardless of platform or series. What, what I don't, what, what doesn't excite me, or I think part of what doesn't excite me now is what made Smash Brothers, like say Melee, exciting was that you got to play characters that you rarely got to play at all, like ever, anywhere, that you rarely got to play. Like it was awesome to be Mewtwo, right? Uh, especially, you know, not on portable, you know, especially like in a more fully realized 3D rendition. Um, it was awesome, you know, to play as like, you know, Marth from Fire Emblem or even as Ganondorf or whatever. The difference in not just in 2021, but like, you know, in 2017 up, the difference now is there are plenty of games to play these characters in. So you don't really need like this, you know, you don't need Smash Brothers to have all these characters to be able to appreciate your favorite characters. There are plenty of games. You have plenty of Zelda games to play now. Okay. You have, you have, I mean, yeah, we could use some more Metroid, but we're getting it. Um, you know, just so many of these characters, I mean, fuck, we're even getting an open world Kirby, you know, and I'm sure Meta Knight's going to be there along with King DDD. So, you know, it, like Smash Brothers specialness. Yeah, it's a great fighting game and the mechanics are great and everything like no argument there. But part of what made it special was getting to play uh, certain characters, you know, was getting to play characters that it was ever special to play at any point anyway. But now, I mean, there's just there are so many games with all these characters, more or less. Who cares? You know, I'll just play like a game that will actually give me storyline and history of the character more, which Smash Brothers does not do, you know, at all. So it really just doesn't do anything for me anymore, because, again, like there's plenty of games with all these characters, plenty of ways to play them. Uh, but moving right along with what I thought was really the, the major announcement 
of the whole thing. And I know there's people who are probably more, you know, everybody's got their different fandoms and they're, you know, into different things. So that's fine. But for me, the big one is sort of what we were teasing at the beginning, which was, oh yeah, here comes the new hardware and the new hardware or the new controller were actually two controllers, neither of them Game Boy, uh, but it was Nintendo 64 and uh, Sega Genesis. Now, some oddities around this. First off, these are going to release, yes, Nintendo 64 games and Sega Genesis games are going to be on Nintendo Switch Online. However, it's going to be an expansion of the NSO, if we were to uh, make an acronym of it, is going to be an expansion of the NSO line so and plans. So you have to pay more yearly uh, to, to get access to these. And it's up to you if this is really worth it to get more, to get the N64 and the Genesis. And I'll talk about why. I still think this is a great thing, but um, these were not... Th- I, I wouldn't have done either of these, okay? Like, this is not... If I was going to expand Nintendo Switch Online's, you know, classic games offerings... It, it would not be Genesis. It's, it certainly wouldn't be Genesis. And it also would not be N64. Now, of course, N64 coming to Nintendo Switch Online explains, I think, why we never got a, uh, uh, an N64 Mini or an N64 Classic, depending upon your territory, uh, after the success of the NES Mini and the SNES Mini. Okay, so, you know, why we didn't get a Mini N64 console, you know, with a bunch of games on it? Well, here's why. Um, they are charging more and, and, you know, like my argument for why I wouldn't have done N64 is similar to my argument of why I didn't really feel like I needed an N64, you know, mini that comes down to that. A lot of the great games for the, for the N64 have been re-released for other Nintendo consoles over the years, consoles that even up to just a year or so ago, you could readily buy. Um, and you know, we're, we're, are, are still like out there. E-shops are still open, et cetera, et cetera. Like the 3ds. Okay. For example, Super Mario 64, biggest game out there. One, I mean, Mario 64 is all the N64 version specifically has already been re-released. Granted it was a timed re-release, but it's already, already been re-released for the switch. It was also a far superior version of the game was released for the Nintendo DS, which that's not, I'm pretty certain that's not what we're getting, uh, you know, with, with switch online with N64 games for switch online for the 3DS, you know, you had, uh, Ocarina of time for Zelda. You had Majora's mask for Zelda that had both been re-released far superior versions as far as playability, not just because of like extra content, but just playability fixes in general. Star Fox 64, same deal. There's just, there's a laundry list of games. Like the big, big games have come out as superior versions on other platforms that are not ancient platforms. So that's why like, like this doesn't exactly excite me with the N64 with the Genesis. We'll talk, we'll break that down too, but this is kind of, this is an area I really want to concentrate on. So for the Nintendo 64 coming in October, we're going to get more details on this. We don't know price. We know the price of the controllers, the controllers, there's an N64 controller and there's a Genesis controller. Those are $50 each. I'll talk about the controllers in a second, but the games, let's talk about the Nintendo 64 first. So super Mario 64, again, that already exists on switch. So kind of a 
double dutch uh mario kart 64 okay but when you have kart 8 i i don't know how charming mario kart 64 still is star fox 64 like i said far better version available on 3ds yoshi's story yeah okay sure um like that's that's one that's nice to have ocarina of time far better version already available on the 3ds mario tennis yeah okay um dr mario 64 okay that's a winner that's a winner um win back covert operations that was an oddball pick to have come out and that's great okay um and then also later on they're going to be having uh more games coming out that they've already announced like they already said majora's mask would be coming kirby 64 would already be coming now like kirby 64 has never gotten a re-release but then i don't even think it's that great of a game and you know i'm a kirby fan um and there are some others, which is weird. But the one game I didn't mention that is coming out for the N64, which I do applaud this, is Sin and Punishment. Sin and Punishment is a rail shooter, one of the greatest of all time. Uh, there was a sequel, which is where a lot of Western audiences, as it were, got introduced to it. Um, that's that's literally called Star Successor. So anyway, Sin and, Punish- Sin and Punishment Star Successor for the Wii. Uh, one of my top games for the Wii. Brilliant. Uh, I hope that gets ported to uh to the end or you know to the switch and maybe with you know sin and punishment being available on switch online maybe that's pointing at that happening who knows i i hope it does or sin and punishment 3 let's have it but sin and punishment is a nice addition because that was never until the wii on virtual console and it got localized language and everything that was never ported um or never brought over to the united states so you couldn't even really play it in English. Now, there's a translated ROM hack out there. The ROM hack is a pain in the ass, and it actually annoys me because you more or less have to use a emulator on a PC to be able to play it because you have to switch engines and everything. As to where I, you know, I own a Nintendo 64, and I have an EverDrive uh, 64 for it, the latest one. Um, and, I mean, like, Star Successor is one of those games you just want to play. Uh And that's been a real challenge. So I applaud this coming to the Switch. Thing is, I think you could, just like they did with the recent Fire Emblem game, similar to what they did with, uh, you know, with with the Mario 35th anniversary, with that three-game set, with the 3D All-Stars, and some other games as well that have gotten, like, you know, kind of refreshed and re-released. We'll we'll talk about another one here in a few minutes. Um, On the N64, you could have just sold that game flat. Six bucks. Now, I get it. Like, they want to entice people to buy their subscription service, of course. But you really could have just sold this game flat out and it would have sold Gangbusters. You know, anytime, especially for Nintendo, when they release a game that, say, they've never, um, that never came over to North America or Europe, uh, that always does Gangbusters. Like, I think even that Family Detective re-release they did, you know, sold like crazy. You know, we're, we're too hungry for it. I mean, just look at the fucking campaigns for Mother 3, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Which is probably going to happen now whenever Game Boy does end up getting uh, put on Switch Online. So, which I, I do still think that that's going to happen. It makes sense. Nintendo has consistently supported, you know, port their portable games, you know, like the like Game Boy games or Game Boy Advance games to get played on the big screen, right? 
just think of Super Game Boy for the SNES or the game, the Game Boy Advance player or the Game Boy player for the GameCube. I mean, like they, they've been doing this forever. So, of course, I, I think they're going to do it. Um, but yeah, the, the, this this list is exciting for some, but for the quote unquote Nintendo faithful. How, I, I can't really see this as exciting because you've already bought all this. And in fact, you've bought a, some of it just recently. And you could say, well, it's handy to be able to play it all on one system. Yeah, but I'm never going to play Ocarina of Time unless it's the 3D version. Not because of the 3D, it's because of everything else in it. I'm never going to play the original Majora's Mask. I remember playing the original, the original Majora's Mask back in the 90s. The game was fucking a pain in the ass. It was horrible. I mean, Angry Video Game Nerd even did an episode about it, about how fucking insane that game is to, you know, to, to really beat. Um, but when you play the 3D version for the 3DS, I mean, it, it's, it's you know, you, you can actually appreciate the story when you play it that time around. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't get that. Um, the other problem here, and, you know, I, I don't feel bad for, like, owning an N64 because I know there are a ton of great games for the Nintendo 64 that are probably never going to get released for this. The battle tanks games are probably never going to appear on here. Um, I mean, I could say doom 64 won't appear on here, but guess what? That's another N64 game where you can already play it, you know, on, on your, on, on your switch or quake 64. Guess what? You can already play it, <laughs> you know, cause if you bought quake, which recently got re-released, um, you know, for, for modern hardware, all kinds of consoles and PC, uh, you can download the, the mod, uh, to where it, it makes it quake 64 fucking brilliant. Okay. So, so again, you know, like the Nintendo, that those two games particularly just add into this flavor that, you know, like the idea of having N64 on switch online is kind of superfluous. Yes. We'd all love to have virtual console you know, instead of the subscription service, obviously. But, and then we could buy these games one at a time, the ones we actually want instead of playing, paying into perpetuity. But, you know, even if Switch Online were a good idea, you know, or, or like the N64, you know, on, on Switch Online were a good idea. Um, yeah, we're, I don't, like, I don't think we're going to see Jet Force Gemini. I might eat my words on that. We're probably not going to see Conker's Bad Fur Day. You're not going to see Goldeneye. You're not, and which would be a perfect time to put Goldeneye out, right? With No Time to Die, with the new James Bond movie coming out. This would have been perfect. If it isn't happening now, it's not going to happen. And I, I understand the rights issues there. Or, you know, the fact that Microsoft owns Rare. Like, I, I, I understand all these things. Okay? But you're not going to see Perfect Dark. Like, there are just so many fucking games that you're not going to see on this. Uh, how about another one? Oh, well, what about Episode 1 Racer? Episode 1 Racer, you can already, you know, most people have already bought it for 15 bucks. You know, for the Switch, and it plays beautifully with uh, Spire's work on it. Which, by the way, I, I don't want to get sidetracked, but they did announce that Knights of the Old Republic would be coming to Switch. The original version being ported by Aspire, who's also making the Knights of the Old Republic remaster. I see, and I'm just going to comment on this quick. I see this as a fine thing. Will the remaster ever come to Switch? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, it doesn't really matter because this isn't a game that really needs a remaster, in my opinion. The original is, is stands the test of time and I'm, I'll just be happy to, to play it on switch, you know, and have it portable. It's like that. I mean, I know you can already play it on phones and everything, but you, you get what I mean with, with some good old fashioned controls. Anyway, I'm game for that. Um, yeah. So 
with with the N64. Okay, again, a lot of the great games have have already come out for Switch, and that you could buy separately, or they're remasters or whatever. Uh, I I don't really see this as appealing. The most appealing part of having N64 games on Switch Online is getting the controller, getting an official N64 controller from Nintendo. That's something worthwhile getting. Okay, for you know for fifty bucks or whatever. Like I think that's absolutely worthwhile. Um, and to play Sin and Punishment, you bet. Uh, it'd be awesome if they do an update to 3D All Stars and let you use the N64 controller to play Mario 64. Like that—that'd be very nice. I know there's a lot of purists that would really love that. Again, I like Mario 64 DS, but for the purists, I totally understand. Um, you know, and, and anything else, any other 64, you know, N64 games that have been re-released, it'd be great if you could backport to where you could use um, the N64 controller for them. So, you know, we'll see if that happens. That's that's what can make that worthwhile. There are a lot of games, again, that, yes, I mean, there, there, I shouldn't say there's a lot. There are games that Nintendo could put out that I think would be worthwhile. Donkey Kong 64 would be worthwhile to put on Switch Online. Uh, I, I know they're leading, they think they're leading with the strong games here. But again, these superior versions exist. That's, that's the real problem. Now, as far as what about the Sega Genesis coming to switch online? Are you excited about this? Frankly, every argument I just made for the N64 or against the N64 on switch online, double down on (laughs) for the Genesis. I'm not against Genesis or N64 existing on switch online. I think that's fine. I just don't find it exciting is my, is my point. And I think we're getting inferior versions of games, but to talk about the Genesis. So what are we getting there? Castlevania bloodlines. Awesome. Contra hardcore. Awesome. Dr. Robotnik's mean bean machine. Awesome. Echo the dolphin. One of the best of all time, in my opinion, golden ax. Great choice. Gunstar heroes. Sure. Musha fantasy, uh, fantasy star Four. another one of the best of all time, which also, you know, there's like, there's, well, we'll, we'll talk about it. Rise Star, Shining Force, Shinobi 3, Sonic 2, Streets of Rage, and Strider. And then I think Streets of Rage 2 and some others are coming out. Okay, here, here, here's the rub. Here's the problem with Genesis in general. The Sega Genesis classics, as it were, have been re-released so many times. There is nothing special about putting Genesis games on switch online or on, I mean, yeah, having them on the switch is great, but we've already, there's already a massive Genesis collection that has a lot of these games. If not all that you can play offline, you don't have to connect and you don't have to pay for a subscription fee. You can buy it outright. And on a sale, you could probably get it for five bucks or the Sega ages versions, you know, of, of some Genesis games are already out there or the 3d versions on the 3ds with extra content and everything already out there. This is, this is, pointless beyond pointless to do this. I cannot grasp. I don't know what the thinking is. Why does Sega constantly like they, nobody's asking for the Genesis. Nobody's asking for that. Why? Because Sega's fucking plastered it on every platform, every console, every computer. They've plastered it everywhere on, on smartphones. It's everywhere. Nobody needs access to these games in a new way. Nobody, nobody, nobody. However, there are plenty of people who would love to have plenty of games that were on the Sega Master System, right? The Progenitor, 
to to the Genesis. There are plenty of people who would fucking, you know, probably like like pillage small towns to have Sega Saturn games on modern hardware. There are plenty of people who would love to have Dreamcast games on modern hardware. And to some degree, you can get those to some degree. But there's plenty that also, you know, have have yet to really like see the light of day. Nobody's asking for this. No one. Now, okay, because now here's what maybe people would ask for. Okay. And granted, you can emulate the shit out of all of this anyway. But besides the point, I would be intrigued by this if we were going, if we would get games other than, I mean, fuck, I'm amazed like Comic Zone isn't here. I'm sure it's coming. And then Vector Man will come. And it, like, it's always, the problem is with all these Sega, with these Genesis collections, it's always the same goddamn games. You never get any of the, you know, any like the, the third part or more of the third party classics or some of like the licensed games. For example, X-Men? Anyone? X-Men 2? Clone War, uh, what was that? Clone Wars or whatever? <laughs> Clone Wars. <laughs> uh, wh- th- those are those are two of the greatest, Like, uh, I mean, n- not just like, as far as comic book games, easily two of the greatest of all time. To say nothing of, of X-Men for, for Super Nintendo. That game is, is genius. Boy, you want to hear a fucking soundtrack that'll blow your mind. Um, we're, we're never going to get these games, or at least it seems like we're never, and, and, and I highly doubt that it's ever going to be made, just like with GoldenEye, right? Like, the games that people really clamor for that never get re-released just aren't going to happen. And so these moves just, they feel kind of dumb. There's a ton of Genesis games that I would love to have on on more modern hardware, you know, and, and that was, you know, accessible, say, in the way of, like, Nintendo Switch Online or something, or that came in another Genesis Classics Collection package. I mean... Like I, I could, I could easily fill a list of like 40, 50 games that I would want that are just never going to fucking happen. They're not going to happen on a Genesis mini. They're not going to happen in a Sega collection or whatever, because they're all either owned by Capcom or like Disney's holding the license on them or whatever, you know, whatever the license issue is, the copyright issue, it's just not going to happen. I mean, we're, like Jurassic Park Rampage edition. If that was on this list, sign me up. Fuck yes, I'll take it. For that game alone. But it's not going to happen. Um, and what a shame. You know, we got a new Jurassic Park movie coming out. Wouldn't that be like some nice cross-marketing? Probably not going to happen. I, I, you know, you can't say never, I guess, but probably not going to happen. Um, so this is just boring. You know, and, and then with the Genesis, with the controller... Like with the N64 controller, okay, yeah, I want a solid N64 controller. Here's the thing. Again, you know, Sega just spreads their legs all the time. And there have been so many companies that have brought out, um, even officially licensed by Sega controllers, that are fantastic. Retrobit. Retrobit's Sega controllers, not just for the Genesis, but also for the Saturn and and, and so on, uh, are, are, are awesome controllers. $50 for a wireless Sega Genesis controller? N- no. You 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 can get the one from again, you you could get the one from Retrobit for like 30 bucks wireless. 20 bucks wired with USB. You could get the M30 from uh from 8 bit do 
the M30 is a fucking gorgeous controller, you know, and, and you could do a lot more than Genesis with it. Uh, and add on to that, in America, Nintendo, which you'll have to buy these controllers directly from Nintendo, you know, from the Nintendo shop. Nintendo is only selling the three button version of the Genesis controller. Like when they do release Comic Zone, that's going to suck. Um, but in Japan, they're going to put out the six button, which I mean, the same thing happened with the Genesis Mini when they released the Genesis Mini in Japan. Japan got the six button controller when when they bought it. They got the power tower, too, and all these other cool things. Um, but in North America, you got the three button. And that's when uh, Retrobit came out with their officially licensed controllers and they came out with the six button controller. But like I, I collect these controllers like I have an official SNES switch controller. I have two official, you know, NES switch controllers. Um, I mean, I have so many stupid controllers for the switch. It, it's frankly embarrassing. I, I will not buy the Genesis controller. A, because of the three buttons. B, because I. I, I just, I, I can't imagine the game that's going to come out on, on Switch Online where I would even want it. And, and of course, you know, you can also use all the other controllers, even the Joy-Con, uh, you know, to play those games um, on Switch Online. You don't have to have the Genesis controller to do it. But also just the fact that, no, Re- Retrobit and 8-Bit do have controllers at either less than half or, you know, more than half or around half the price that are phenomenal. Again, the M30, I guarantee you, is a far better controller than, than what they're going to, sh- you know, schlep you for 50 bucks from the Nintendo shop. N64, different situation. N64, there's good, con- Hyperkin's got pretty good controllers out there. There's some decent controllers out there, right? Retro Brawlers and some others put out some interesting ones um, that, that feel pretty good, but none of them feel perfect, right? So, th- th- that's a case where, okay, like, I get the argument for having the controller there. But for the Genesis, no way. So this this is just boring. You know, it, it, not, there's nothing interesting here. And when they could have been, it could have been really exciting to say to people, yeah, you're going to have Saturn games. But no. And I, like, I don't get it. Sega just won't touch these things. Now, it might be a case, kind of like with Panzer Dragoon Saga, where they've lost the code, apparently, for these games or whatever. I, I, I can't believe you can't reverse engineer these things or just completely redo them. You know, complete, not just remaster, just go ahead and completely remake, but make them perfectly sound, you know, to what they were. Uh, baffled, because what, what cost is there to this? Nobody has to buy, you don't have to produce the Genesis controller. It doesn't require the Genesis controller. It doesn't require, I mean, fuck, you know, the, 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 the Sega Saturn controller is nothing special. Uh, as far, I mean, like the design's nice, but button-wise, there's nothing unique. You know, this isn't the Atari Jaguar or anything with like, 30,000 buttons on it. Um, like there, there's no hardware to produce. What's the issue here? Where, where's the overhead problem that you can't put Saturn games out on this thing? It does. It, I can't believe anybody's excited for the Genesis collection N 64. I get where some people might be, but the Genesis collection, no way. So, you know, to be clear, like I'm not against what, Nintendo Switch Online is at the moment, you know, even if it's just like a platform for retro games. I mean, I know it does game saves and other shit, too, but bottom line, you know, I mean, other shit is in like, you know, Tetris 99, Pac-Man 99. I mean, I, I want people to be able to experience these games, but at the same time, I'd also like them to experience them in their best form. 
you know, in like their superior versions, their best versions, best foot forward. Also, I mean, my ultimate point here is that for most of these games, minus like sin and punishment in North America, for most of these games, there is no barrier to access. And I don't even mean with ROMs. I mean, you could have a modern console, computer, whatever, and you have access to most of these games. I think there's a valid argument for, you know, people get like, you know, new game players getting access to classic games. But again, this isn't like providing more access. What would have, like I said, what would have been more interesting is if they did Saturn games or even frankly, I mean, yeah, there's already a C64 mini out there and I love the thing. And there's even a C64 maxi. You know, when we have uh, an Amiga 500 coming out, you know, as a, as a micro console. But, you know, when the Wii, on the Wii's virtual console, when they had, like, the weirder systems, right? Like, when they had the Commodore 64 or any of the other oddball systems on there, now that was worthwhile. Because especially back then, even in 2009, access to these games was difficult. Access to... <laughs> You know, and, and, and like not only difficult, but like you have to essentially go back in time. You know, you have to go and buy hardware, hardware from 20 years ago. For almost none of these uh, of these games. Uh, is that true for both the N64 and for Genesis? You can easily, cheaply get access to them on hardware you already have today. That's modern. Give us access to the games that are hard for us to play, that are difficult for, you know, somebody to, that are known classics, right? Or forgotten classics that are difficult to, to, you know, to access. Like Sin and Punishment is the right direction. But I, I don't know how many we're going to get like that. And again, we also run into the issue that a lot of the games that are based around, you know, popular licenses that aren't owned by Nintendo or Sega, um, you know, we're likely never going to see these on these services or in any kind of collection unless somehow, you know, Capcom makes it happen or Disney uh, is able to make it happen. But, you know, probably not. So I'm not coming at this, you know, with nostalgia lenses or I'm not coming at this as, you know, a 40 something white guy. OK, first off, I'm Jewish. But anyway, like I'm, I'm not coming at, you know, I'm not like some YouTube commentator, you know, coming from that angle on this because I'm actually saying, no, don't play these this way. Play them in the way that they were available, that they're available right now on modern consoles. OK, like the 3DS has only been out of production for what, a year? Officially. It's still out there and sold. Again, Game Boy would have been a lot more interesting Saturn would have been amazing. Even Sega Master System would have been brilliant. Um, you know, GameCube, fuck, that would have been awesome, right? Or Dreamcast. I mean, there's plenty of systems that would have been a great move, that would have been interesting, enticing. These are not it. And I don't know, we don't know what the pricing is going to be for this, okay? We, we sure as, I mean, we already know that at, at the very least, the Genesis controller in America is not worth the money at all. There are just better options out there. Um, you know, unless they're going to pull some kind of stunt where having the Genesis controller gives you access to like specific games, which I could believe. But I mean, if this is anything more than like $5, you know, like a $5 add on 
to your whatever yearly we'll say, because what, what is it? Is it like 40 a month or, or 40 a year? I mean, for, um, uh, for, for switch online, something like that. If it's any more than like five bucks, no, no, that, that, that's not worth it. And, and it'd actually be pretty nice if they did have like separate expansion packs, like, okay, you can tack on to your subscription. You can be a little more a la carte with what you can tack on to your subscription service. Uh, because again, the Genesis is likely never going to be interesting in most of those games, even officially I have on my switch already. But again, you know, ultimately, well, you know, actually just thinking about it. Okay. So the rewind feature would be pretty nice, right? Where you can rewind a few seconds in the game. Yeah, that's going to be handy for some of these. But anyway, I thought this was, I mean, this for me, it really wasn't like it was going to be the most exciting and then it kind of faltered. Right. And I'm still excited about the N64 controller. I like that. Um, but there were other things that I considered to be like the pinnacle announcements um, of, you know, of, of, of the whole direct. So the other one, let's get into the next one here. And that is something that also got leaked accurately because it showed up. It was like getting a rating. I think might've been in Taiwan again. Um, but this, this was, this is an awesome, awesome move and speaks to how, yeah, you can just release these games on their own. They don't have to be part of a uh, subscription package. And that is uh, the Castlevania Advance Collection, which came out the same day uh, for, you know, of the direct, which, again, was a brilliant move to have multiple items getting announced quasi secretly or somewhat secretly uh, on or stealth dropped, as they call it. Right. During the direct uh, that became available. So this includes. Uh, Castlevania Advance, of course, is hinting at the Game Boy Advance uh, games, though it does have a little bit more than that. Um, I, for me, well, I kind of wish this is one we didn't have leaked because, boy, that would have been a shock. I mean, an amazing shock, and and people would have been talking about it a lot more. Um, But this is including some of the best, if not the best, uh, Castlevania games of all time. And now you're not getting anything from the DS trilogy, the Nintendo DS trilogy, which those are phenomenal. Um, but you are getting from the Game Boy Advance, particularly you're getting uh, 2001's Castlevania Circle of the Moon, 2002's uh, Harmony of Dissonance, which I love that game. It's like a Castlevania game in the future. Really cool. Uh, and then Area of Sorrow from from 2003. Now, they also included Dracula X from the Super Nintendo back in 95, you know, it came out back in 95. Uh, this is a, a phenomenal collection. I mean, absolutely phenomenal collection to get your hands on. Must buy instantaneously. Uh, and what's really great about it, and for those that were actually there in 2001, now Circle of the Moon was a launch title and a brilliant one at that. Probably the best game initially to come out um, for the Game Boy Advance. Circle of the Moon was a launch title for the Game Boy Advance. Now, here's the problem. The Game Boy Advance originally did not have any kind of backlight or even forward lighting solution. Uh, you had to buy a separate device, not even made by Nintendo, that would do that for you. Uh, one of the major issues with Circle of the Moon was playing that fucker and being able to see what's happening on screen, even if you had some kind of lighting solution. It was an incredibly dark game, really both in content as well as in presentation. Um so to have this on the switch fully backlit and everything, I mean, that that's phenomenal. Uh, previously, in my opinion, the best way to play circle of the moon was to play it on a Nintendo DS, uh, as far as like in, in a official capacity or 
on the Game Boy Player um, for the GameCube because you did get, you know, a really rich backlighting solution, even more so than the Game Boy Advance SP um, or the Game Boy Advance Micro, which probably had the best backlight out of the Game Boy Advance line. Uh, so this is an improvement. And, you know, for a lot of people that maybe haven't played Circle of the Moon since 2001, you know, they might be in for a really great and surprising return experience because you couldn't see everything that was going on in that game. And that game was incredibly rich in detail. Uh, so this was an awesome stealth drop. This is a great announcement uh, to have during the direct. And, you know, let's let's just call it like Nintendo is home for these games has been. Uh, and to be able to play them portably so much better today, uh, and for fuck for dropping the bucket, I think it was a 29 99, I think was the price, uh, in the eShop. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you can wait for it to go on sale to probably be half off at some point or no, no, I think this is 19 99. There's a different game. that's 29 99. We're going to get to it. Um, you, you could probably get a half off in a couple months and, absolutely worth it this is a great collection i mean didn't even need dracula x but you know bravo that it's there um curious to see whenever or you know nintendo ds games are going to appear on the switch if ever um because boy you know that like that that's the other thing is and this is where still having a 3ds is is great because like with the 3ds you can get like an r4 card and then you can just pop you know Nintendo DS ROMs on it, uh, and, and play them on the 3DS and play them just like they were intended on the, on the DS, you know, touchscreen and all. Um, but like the Castlevania trilogy for the Nintendo DS is, is incredible, uh, arguably better than even the Game Boy Advance trilogy. So, you know, whenever that's going to get a re-release, good times are to be had. I mean, just the storylines alone are just badass. Of course, the uh, Castlevania Advance Collection is also coming out for Xbox and PS4. It's not just on Nintendo, but I mean, let's be honest, like these were games meant to be played portably and, you know, are part of Nintendo's history. Uh, so that, that's really the place to do it. So I think it totally fits that they discussed it fairly heavily, you know, uh, like concentrated on it within the direct. Um, so that that was a big one for me. The other one that had me excited was uh, Rune Factory 5. Um, Rune Factory 4 is, I mean, just a phenomenal entry in that whole RPG series. Uh, really excited that Rune Factory 5 is going to make it to North America. Um, so that that was kind of a big one. That's not coming for a little bit yet, but, you know, or, I mean, I think 2022 is when it's it's already been available in Japan, but now it's finally, you know, coming overseas. Uh, so, and I think that that ends up being next year, uh, but that's one to look out for. The other one that really and and this for me well okay wait one more before we get into the big uh shadow run trilogy that's going to be getting dropped uh on switch as well which you know Dragonfall, hong kong so on um great collection there of course that's another series of games that's like available on every fucking platform i guess it was just a matter of time before it's available on switch but it's a nice inclusion and certainly worth an announcement uh the shadow run games the shadow run like ethos and and myth and mythos, you know, and mythology, um, are incredibly important today. Like they speak to the world we live in right now in very deep ways that I wish people would pay more attention to. Um, in fact, I have said this, like I've given, uh, talks at events and there's been more than a few times where I've talked about the shadow, about the shadow run universe. 
uh, you know, RPG universe in that, boy, if you want to know how to handle the world that we live in right now with smartphones and interconnectedness and everything, go look at the Shadowrun games and, and, and how, how things are handled in that. And there's answers there, <laughs> right? Like living in the cracks, things like that. That's all stuff I got from playing Shadowrun as a kid. But anyway, uh, yeah, the Shadowrun trilogy, nice touch. That was, that was a good addition. The big one, though, and this is one that I think came out of nowhere, unless I missed it somehow, but was uh, or is Act Razor Renaissance from Square. Now, not a lot of people may remember Act Razor uh, it, before it didn't have Renaissance in the name originally when it came out for the Super Nintendo back in 1990. Um, this is like one of those cult classic type games where it's kind of this weird mix of like platforming of 2d platforming and then it has like a sort of a city building simulation to it um a brilliant brilliant game and square has completely remastered it um, i mean it's still you know 2d and all that they didn't do anything really crazy uh but they did um update the soundtrack uh to where there's like some odd 15 new tracks but you can switch to the original soundtrack which is uh, a brilliant um just another brilliant piece of work from uh, Yuzo Koshiro, who a lot of people would know from Streets of Rage. And I, I mean, th this was so this is the game that's twenty nine ninety nine. Um, it's also it's not just on the switch. Uh, it is going to it's it's also on Steam now, I believe. Uh, and eventually it'll probably end up on, you know, PS4, PS5, you know, on Sony or Xbox. Um, damn. I mean, was this a cool game back in the day? And, and I'm sure still is. And, and for a lot of people, like this will be, you know, a new deal. And you might want to say, well, wait, wait, why would I pay $30 for, for a game from 1990? Just based on the look of the remaster, I think that's totally worth it. And it's a game so far ahead of its time that I really think it's worth it. Uh, this is so not a Switch exclusive by any means, but I this was the biggest surprise to me in watching the direct. And it was the thing that, you know, really left me salivating. Um, I mean, there's other stuff, you know, again, like like the Kirby game and so on coming out in 2022 that I'm definitely excited for. But as far as something that's like available, you know, now uh, this was it, you know, and. Yeah, I, I feel like it was it was really the star of the show kind of came out of nowhere, you know, and it, it does make you wonder, right, like. So, you know, why couldn't Act Razor end up on, uh, you know, Switch Online? Like, how does that work? I, I really want to know what the fuck the contracts are around Switch Online that they do with other developers. Because a lot of the gaming choices of what appears on Switch Online, even for the SNES and NES, are just oddball. But not oddball in the good way. Like, it, it's it, it just all the decisions seem rather strange. And it does make me wonder how many... Um, you know, how many, how many different, uh, game developers, you know, say, say like, like Square Enix or whoever, you know, like, what are they planning? What are they working on remastering now? Much like, um, ActRaiser where they're going to re-release it as a full on game. Cause I think, especially on switch, you can get away with that, you know, like, and, and you can, you can sell it for 30 bucks and it'll do well. Um, I don't know, you know, but you know, even getting into that, like still, when we get into more licensed properties, you know, like X-Men, Jurassic Park, sort of like I was talking about earlier and some others, uh, bringing the classic games back, I, I think they're just they're just stuck in limbo forever. 
you know, and, and we're never going to see any, I mean, it was a miracle that aliens versus predator was on the, uh, that the, the Capcom console, that arcade console that got released, you know, a couple of years ago that never made it to, to, uh, to North America. Uh, I mean, an absolute miracle, you know, cause that's one of the best, you know, uh, beat em ups, just side scrolling beat em ups ever, you know? And I don't know. I don't, I don't know how that's ever going to work, but that's the biggest problem. I think retro gaming is going to run into is that it's great that these companies, I mean, go ahead and take advantage of the fact that people want access to these classics and that people are interested in classic gaming. Go ahead, take advantage of it. But some of the best games ever that would even blow something like act razor away. We're just, we're never going to see it. I, I, I just don't know when it's going to change, you know, or where it's going to ever be possible that we, unless, I don't know, the people who hold the rights, maybe it's like individuals and they die off or something. And I, you know, I'm not saying I want that to happen, but like whatever it takes, I I just, I don't know. There's so many games that are just going to be lost in time unless you emulate, which of course I, I fully support or, you know, you go the, the FPGA or cartridge route. Anyway, like I said, there was, there was a lot of news around, uh, the Mario movie coming in 2022. I mean, that's great. Like I'm looking forward to it, but you know, I, I don't care. I don't need that in my direct. Um, you know, I, I hope Nintendo does very well, uh, with it. You know, uh, I mean, again, this adds more to, like I was saying at the beginning, how the real competitors right now are Apple versus Nintendo. And Apple is just as much getting involved in the entertainment or, you know, in the, the movie slash TV show game. And Nintendo's certainly looking to go in that direction as well. And, you know, effectively they're doing their own Disney worlds. Um, so yeah, which by the way, am I going to watch foundation from Apple TV? Yes. Am I going to watch it on Apple TV? No, <laughs> but, but I will watch it and I will review it. I assure you that. But anyway, overall a great direct, um, course we did get to see more of metroid dread uh which i am you know obviously incredibly excited about that uh you know i don't i don't think that i mean you don't want to say i can't see it failing because i mean even though i liked other m i know other people did not uh but you know it could end up being like a federation force or another other m um but i i don't see metroid dread failing um i think they've got this science down at this point um you know, that that's, that's wild. Uh, some of the things that I was expecting that did not happen. Let's, let's mention some of that. Uh, I was, yes, I was expecting the, frankly, I was expecting the game boy, uh, Nintendo switch online. Like that made the most sense to be the next system. Um, and there have been plenty of releases of game boy games granted they're in full collections, but there have been, you know, releases of Game Boy games in their original puke green on the Switch that have done well. So it's not like it doesn't make sense. Um, I was expecting that it didn't happen. That would have easily been far more exciting than the N64 uh, or, you know, the Genesis for certain. Um, I mean, I guess, you know, Nintendo just wanted to make the statement that this is going to go beyond Nintendo systems, which, okay, great. You made the statement. Now let's, let's get to the rest. (laughs) Um, Who knows? They might surprise us yet, but so I was expecting that that didn't happen. I was expecting and two things that I was expecting one, not as much. So 
I think the rumors that the Metroid Prime trilogy for Switch, that that's been done and is just waiting for when Nintendo thinks it makes sense to release it. I believe that. Uh, I was almost expecting expecting it to happen and that they would do like for a really stupid low price, like $20, you know, uh, to kind of help hype up Metroid, uh, Metroid Dread. But I wasn't, uh, part of me was still thinking, no, 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 they're going to hold on to this until they have a big reveal trailer for Metroid Prime 4, which is coming at some point. Um, I was surprised we didn't get any news. I'm not surprised we didn't get news about that because, again, all eyes are on Metroid Dread right now. Uh, I was surprised that since they weren't really concentrating on Breath of the Wild, they did have, you know, new DLC coming out for uh, for Age of Calamity, for Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. So there was some Zelda action there. But, you know, Skyward Sword has been out for a little while now. I was kind of surprised that they did not um, do a release of Wind Waker and Twilight Princess HD, like a double package. I, I'm, I was really shocked by that because uh, that's another one where I'm, I feel very confident that this is something they have ready to go, you know, and, and, and to put out there. Um, especially since they weren't doing for Nintendo switch online, they weren't doing, you know, GameCube or anything like that. That made me while I was watching the direct made me feel a little more like, Oh, yep. Okay. They're going to announce that they're going to announce that. But at the same time, I mean, there's so much coming out like, you know, and with a lot of the games being $60 a pop, you know, I, I mean, it ends up being a lot of money, you know, so I, they do have to space out just how much can come out and, and, and everything that they would be spacing out, you know, takes 40, 50, hundred hours to complete. So, you know, there's plenty of game to be had. Um, I, eventually I think those two things will come, but they, I, I did expect the Zelda to get, or the two Zelda games to get announced at this. I was surprised they didn't, but whatever. Um, it's fine. Maybe they don't exist. You know, I, I can't say for certain that they do, but I feel very confident that they do is where Metroid prime trilogy, I'm like 99.999% sure that that, that already exists. I really didn't see Knights of the old Republic coming. And I have to say, I'm really impressed by how much attention Nintendo gives to star Wars games, even though they're all re-releases that Nintendo gives to star Wars games on the switch. And it makes me hopeful. Speaking of trilogies, it makes me hopeful that someday we could get, could keyword we could get um something that was originally supposed to come out on the wii and that is there was supposed to be a rogue squadron trilogy that was planned to come out on the wii so this would have been rogue squadron and then it would have had uh, rogue squadron 2 from gamecube rogue squadron of course is n64 rogue squadron 2 from uh from gamecube and then rogue squadron 3 from gamecube like that would be such an easy buy and instant i mean it just Holy shit, you know, because those games and I can say this as somebody, you know, who still plays them on a GameCube, um, they play just as hot today as they did back then, as they did back in, you know, back in the early aughts. So that's something that that I would love to see happen. Um, I was kind of shocked that like Shadows of the Empire or anything like that was not included um, in the N64 online offering because Star Wars games on N64 were a big deal, even Battle for Naboo was a huge deal and a great game, by the way, uh, and totally worth owning an N64 for, you know, to be able to play that because it's better than the PC version. Not always true. Like the PC version of Shadows of the Empire is far better than the N64 version. But for Battle for, Battle for Naboo, the 
the N64 version was actually the real winner. So maybe we'll eventually get that trilogy as was intended um, for, you know, for the Wii. Uh, that would be another thing that would just make sense for Disney to allow to exist when, you know, say like, um, you know, the Rogue Squadron. Well, hell, we've, we've got, we have that Rogue Squadron movie coming out, right? <laughs> like when we've got the, the next Star Wars movie to come out, it would only make sense to do that trilogy, to finally put that trilogy out. It'd be brilliant. So maybe that's on the way and Aspire's working on it. You know, who knows? Aspire is hire the, the game dev house. Um, they're hiring like there's no tomorrow. So who knows? I'm also surprised that the, the, the Tomb Raider collection hasn't dropped yet. I don't know what exactly they're waiting for on that. Um, but that was something that I was kind of thinking like, yeah, maybe this will finally be the time, uh, for that to hit because, you know, again, with a lot of games not coming out until 2022, in fact, if you look at, you know, the other consoles, a lot of games are coming out until 2023 that they've done showcases around, uh, you know, it makes sense for, um, you know, for game developers to put out, uh, some of these classic collections, which again, I have no problem with, um, that, 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 that kind of surprised me that that wasn't there. I'm always just kind of waiting for, you know, any day for that to kind of, to just drop. Um, the one thing that I'll say, I really, really didn't like, there's not, there's not much that I hated here, but something that I really didn't like were the, the announcements around cloud editions of a couple games. Was it my dying light was one of them. And it was the forgotten city. Maybe it was the other. But the, the cloud editions of games, this is something, you know, if you believe in the idea and there's debates around this, whether or not this is true. But if you believe if you somehow believe in the concept of voting with your dollar, uh, do not buy cloud edition games. You know, like, n no, no, no. F f fight that off. <laughs> you know, games being played online or needing an Internet connection uh, to play even single player mode. You know, we got to we got to fight that off as much as we can. Um, I will not buy a cloud edition of a game. I mean, I guess you can never say never. Like, it, it, there's no reason that they would need to do this. But if for some reason there was like a Duke Nukem Forever cloud edition. OK, yeah, I'd probably buy that. But <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. OK, that was a great game. Shut up. So. Yeah, but like these cloud edition games, I didn't think that they had sold well, but they must have done something because people are still trying for it. And they were announced during this direct. Um, that was that was disappointing. But again, overall, this was a fantastic direct. Uh, some stuff got leaked and, you know, but there were still some surprises and I thought they were great surprises. Uh, my overall, you know, my number one concern is just that now that like some leaks that had been discussed were proven true. Um you know, even the Game Boy and like new Switch Online consoles, like even that ultimately kind of came true, right? Because we did actually get Game Boy games released and we did get new Switch Online stuff. So like, again, I, I think just somehow the, the, the leaked information got, got mixed somehow, but yeah, I'm a little worried that now, oh, people are going to fucking believe, you know, these leakers and whatever else, because well, this one, there were a lot that, end, or there were at least a couple that ended up right. Uh, but maybe not. Maybe, maybe people have finally wisened up. We'll see. But what you got to see was phenomenal. I'm looking forward to more details on all of it, and we will talk about it as it comes. Like, I mean, a lot of this stuff, there's supposed to be details releasing throughout October. 
and I mean, there's going to be more directs. Like I think there's an animal crossing direct, which is amazing. Um, you know, there's all kinds of things that are, that are going to be coming up. Did they even talk about like advance wars that that's still coming? I don't think I saw that during the, during the direct, uh, but you know, that's even coming out later this year. So Nintendo's got plenty of news to drop, um, but they did, they overall, you know, even if I have criticisms of a lot of it, uh, I really, I thought that this was fantastic. And there are a lot of gamers that I'm sure were incredibly excited, uh, by what got presented, uh, to them. So that's it for this, uh, uh video reviewing the Nintendo direct from September 23rd, 2021. And uh, I have a lot more event reviews uh, to release. You'll be getting those shortly. And I will see all of you woo, on the other side. Game over. <laughs>